welcome to the Hoop Collective Podcast. We talk about the NBA, or in this case, national team basketball, and uh, <laughs> which we are doing on Monday morning here in Abu Dhabi. But uh, I believe it's sometimes Sunday evening. I honestly don't have a great feel of time zones in uh, <laughs> Southern California. I don't even actually know where you are, Tim Bontemps. Uh, I just hope you're staying dry and the weather's not too bad. I'm in Southern California where there's the remnants of a hurricane or tropical storm or something. And there was a lot of concern. Hopefully everybody's okay, but I just saw a bunch of rain today. So it seemed like a fairly standard storm, thankfully, at least where I'm at. All right. Joining us from Dallas, Texas, where he's out of Southern California, back to the safety of 100 degree temperatures in North Texas is Ben McMahon. A hundred and, and pretty significant change. And, you know, I did spend most of the week in L.A. And I got home and, fellas, there was a package waiting on me. My friends at the University of North Texas Athletic Department, baby, look at this. Take flight going to the American <laughs> Athletic Conference. I got golf shirt. I got T-shirts. I got, a like, a refrigerator magnet. I got the mean green flag. Look at this thing. Come on. Oh, my God. Yes. Look at oh, that. Hey, that is be un- flying this flag. Listen. I'm very disappointed that the pandering no, no, no. worked. I'm hey, one thing that I have learned from my years of covering the NBA is that whining works. And if you don't believe me, <laughs> ask James Harden. Now, he, maybe not this time, but in worst case scenario, he'll go two for three. <laughs> That's right. Well, I'm wrapping up my time here in the Middle East, uh, leaving later today for Manila in the Philippines. I don't want to 100% speak for all the players here, though I've talked to a lot of them. Uh, I'm staying at the same hotel as all the is all the Team USA players and families. <clears throat> and I'm certainly not making a political statement, okay? What a spectacular week in Abu Dhabi and Dubai. Uh, a lot of the players, Saturday was an off day, and a number of the players, I know because I ran into some of them, uh, went down to Dubai, which is about an hour and a half away by car depending on how fast your taxi driver is, because some of them hit the uh, gas pretty hard and the cars are like saying to them, you know, slow down, slow down. And they don't. Um, but anyway, it's been an absolutely tremendous week here. What a, a, a remarkable place and absolutely growing in basketball interest. Um, the very good attendance at the games that were here, you know, it is a small country. It is, basketball is new here, but they are heavily investing in it. There was a junior NBA, uh, Middle East and European finals here this week. Um, there was college games, uh, Kansas State and, and Arizona played a bunch of games here. I went to an Arizona, I went to a Kansas State game, got to watch them play. They obviously had a great run in the tournament last year. They have a, a very good team, looks to me again. Spent some time with Jerome Tang, their head coach. Spent some time with Tommy Lloyd, the head coach at the University of Arizona, who was telling me stories about recruiting Rui Hachimura out of Japan when he was in high school. And obviously uh, Germany, Mexico, Lebanon, Greece and the Americans were here to play exhibition games before the World Cup. It was a tremendous uh, experience. The NBA is going to be back this mm-hmm. fall, the Timberwolves. And I'll tell you what, Anthony Edwards has made some fans in Abu Dhabi. Uh, I ran into a number of expat Americans who were here uh, in addition to Middle Eastern fans. A lot of fans from Israel were here. Tremendous experience, and it was topped off by a downright excellent 
uh, friendly game on Sunday night between Germany and the U.S. Both teams went full out in this game. Um, the Germans have a number of NBA players, specifically Dennis Schroeder and, and the Wagner brothers. Uh, Isak Bonga, he used to play in the NBA. Um, Daniel Tice um, is in the – it was very spirited game. The Americans were down by as much as 16 points in the second half. And it was not because they didn't care. Steve Kerr played his full team. They didn't play well the first half, particularly they were sluggish offensively and they were getting hammered a bit on the boards, which is going to be something that'll be a, a factor uh, going forward here. And uh, I, I know you guys, I'm not sure you guys got to see a whole lot of the game, uh, but it was an absolute display for Anthony Edwards. Um, he already was being encouraged to shoot the ball. He's averaging um, about, um, I don't know, about 16 or 17 shots a game, which is a lot in international play um, because he's, you know, he played 35 minutes in this one, but he's routinely playing under 30 minutes. They want him to shoot. Yeah, they want to move the ball and all that stuff, but he has the, 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 the uh, you know, very green light. And he is just taking advantage of it. He is driving the ball. He is, you know, spotting up and shooting from the outside. He is hunting his shots. And he put on what an awesome show. 34 points uh, of the 99 that the U.S. scored. And also was a factor defensively. You guys know, uh, we've, t- and you guys, mm-hmm. I mean, Bontemps has been, you know, on the ant train for a while. Not that the guy who was the number one overall draft pick, you know, <laughs> you know to be pumped up, but real um, eye for talent. <laughs> uh, but he was very good uh, rebounding, defensive rebounding. You know, the um, like I said, you know, the uh, you know Franz Wagner starts at three for the Germans. He's six mm-hmm. ten. Daniel Tice is a little shorter than that as their power forward. You know, but Tice is like six eight, but he plays rugged. You I mean, know, Tice plays uh, the five in the NBA. Height. Yes, yes. And they have uh, a seven-footer, Johannes Weitman, I think is how you say it, um, is their starting center. And then they bring Mo Wagner off mm-hmm. the bench. And by the way, number one, the Germans talk a lot to the referees. They played <laughs> um, the Greeks on Saturday night, and there was like uh, five technicals in the game. Uh, Daniel Tice got – Daniel Tice fouled out in the third quarter, and I think another player – I think there was – three or four other technicals and Mo Wagner. I didn't, I guess I, I don't know if he does this in the NBA and I'm not just attuned to him, but he was talking to the referees all the time. And you know, Dennis Schroeder was running his mouth. Oh yeah. He and Mc, so Mikhail Bridges had the primary defensive assignment on him. And you know, Mikhail is not a trash talker, but mm-hmm. you know, I assume he was saying some, I mean, I saw him talk, they, they were jabbing at each other. And, um, uh, I think he's annoyed every player in the history of the NBA <laughs> that he's played against. So yeah. it is not surprising. Well, <laughs> and a lot uh, that he's played Austin with Reeves. too. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. Austin Reeves had an also, <laughs> well, look, when, when you, when he plays on the national team, he plays at super high, uh, tempo and he gave the U S all kinds of problems. Anyway, they were down by 16. And to be honest with you, the Germans, they got a little, they got a little tight. <laughs> they, in the fourth quarter, they were sniffing, you know, a statement win. They did, um, they beat the Canadians, uh, last week at a tournament in Germany. 
Um, and then they lost to the Canadians in the sort of championship game of that event by one point in overtime. So, you know, th- they were four and one in their warm-up games. And, you know, they're a medal contender, uh, you know, going into to, um, to Manila. And, you know, they got a little tight. And yeah. the U.S. turned up a little bit, and they went on an 18-0 run. And it wasn't so much that the Americans were killing it offensively. Um, they were just smothering them on defense, and they – and the Germans just just they could they couldn't handle it, and uh, they they didn't score for seven from the seven minute mark to like forty five seconds left. It was six minutes and a few seconds. They didn't score, and Ant was knocking down threes, and um, uh, Tyrese Halliburton had a brilliant mm-hmm. game, and Austin Reeves had a brilliant game. So yeah, Halliburton's the one who really kind of got him cooking. But it was interesting. There was a pretty significant stretch there in crunch time where Brunson wasn't in the game and Brunson didn't play. I don't know when he checked out for the last time, but he didn't play the last several minutes. And then Halliburton wasn't on the floor either. And they basically put the ball in Ant's hands and said, Hey, (laughs) it's your ball. It's your team. It's your show. You know, go make things happen. And, you know, I, I thought there were some possessions where honestly it's like, it got pretty sticky. Um, but it's yes. hard, but it's hard to complain when the guy has 34 points and did hit a bunch of big shots. Well, let me just read the most important quote that's been said so far in the entire run up to the tournament. Steve Kerr quote, he's unquestionably the guy you can see. He knows it, but now the team knows it. And I think the fans see it. He genuinely believes he's the best player in the gym every single night. And he's such a dynamic young player. I think he's taking a leap. This is exactly what we talked about going into training camp in Vegas three weeks ago that this was the guy on this team who had the ability to make a Kevin Durant style leap in 2010. Like we've seen so many guys go to team USA and take a dramatic step forward. And obviously we haven't got to the tournament yet. We'll see what happens in Manila. We'll see if these guys could pull this thing off. But from the moment, really since the second practice in Vegas, Anthony Edwards has been the dominant force on this team at both ends of the court a lot of the time. And he's doing a lot of the stuff that it was at least possible for him to do when they got here. And if they were going to win gold, it was going to be in large part, I thought coming into this thing that Anthony Edwards stepped up like this and became the guy that the rest of this team could fit around. And he's certainly done that so far. Yeah. When they got his commitment, I mean, I I think they were, they were pleased because they weren't a hundred percent sure he was going to do it. And they see sort of a future for him with the program. And I do think that they wanted to, you know, it's when you're with team USA, you have to do everything for the team first, but you know, there is always some concerns about keeping everybody happy. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's just reality. And I do think that they wanted to make sure that he was happy in his role. And so I think they encouraged him. They're like, look, you are the best peer scorer on the roster. Go be the peer scorer. And um, you know, maybe, maybe Brandon. And by the way, he didn't start in that first, he didn't start in that first scrimmage when they got smacked by the select team. And then he started in that second scrimmage. And I think they scored the first 12 points and totally set a different tone. And they've just been a totally different. They've had the same, as you pointed out, they've had the same starting lineup the whole time. And, you know, obviously today's game was a little up and down, but still they look like they're right where they want to be going into this tournament. They've even had some tests, which is good in the, the run-up games. And I think you got to feel pretty good about where the group is at heading 
heading to the Philippines. Yeah, I think there was some consideration about whether he might play that role about of a uh, liquid scorer off the bench. Um, that is, you know, there was the Dwayne Wade role we've talked about. Mm-hmm. Jason Tatum has played that role in the past. Zach Levine kind of played it in Tokyo. We come in, you just want pure scoring. I think maybe that was on the board as a possibility, depending on how this team was going to align. I think it was something that they talked about before the they got together, but it became clear that they, <laughs> they needed them immediately in the games. And so that's that's played out. More Hoop Collective podcast after this. Halliburton. <laughs> Tyrese is, look, we've had Tyrese on our show before. We've talked about Tyrese a lot. He is a terrific guy, great attitude, great personality, smart, affable, everything like that. But I do think, you know, there is a little bit of sensitivity to the fact that he isn't as well-known, as high-profile. When the Kings got good and started being on national TV a lot, he mm-hmm. was already in Indiana. And granted, he was playing well in Indiana. He just got a 200 and uh, some odd million dollar contract that has the escalators if he makes mm-hmm. all NBA. Um, he's not suffering. And, and in fact, you know, we've talked so much about, um, about that trade. And, you know, uh, I've defended Sabonis and, you know, we've had that old trope, but this actually really worked out nicely for him because now it's, you know, unquestionably his team. Um, I don't know if he would have gotten a max contract if he'd have stayed in sack, even if he was playing at that, at this level, because he, you know, with where De'Aaron Fox is going, like it, I don't know if it would have worked. So it actually worked out great, but I do think he feels a little bit of an inferiority, um, because, you know, the Pacers haven't gotten the attention. And, you know, when the schedule came out, uh, this last week, there was a lot of Kings games on national TV, but I think the Pacers (laughs) are on once or twice. So, um, this is a great opportunity for him to get some attention that he deserves. And you mentioned it, McMahon, like Steve Kerr. And by the way, I don't know if this is the best coaching staff that Team USA has ever had, but when, you know, there was a lot of tactical decisions happening in this game. Um, they were feeling this out. You know, these teams don't have, um, this team doesn't have a great feel for like what to do in crunch time, mm-hmm. what to do when you're getting cooked in the pick and roll because um, they really they really attacked with Schroeder in the pick and roll. You know, Jaron Jackson is in drop coverage and he had six blocks in this game. Uh, he definitely was defending the rim, but they were attacking him in drop coverage. Um, but when the U.S. team, when they huddle together, the coaches, you've got Steve Kerr, Hall of Famer. Um, you've got Eric Spolstra, who may be the best tactical coach in America, uh, if not one of the most tactical coaches in America. You've got Ty Lu, who is tremendous at in-game adjustments and tremendous at uh, knowing and reading players. And you've got Mark Few, one of the greatest college coaches in NCAA history. Those, those guys are in there in the huddle going to work with the clipboard. The U.S., I don't know if they're always going to be right, but you're not going to find a collection to give the U.S. a better chance uh, with after coming out of an in-game adjustment. And one of the in-game adjustments that happened was, let's give Halliburton the chance to finish this game. Um, mm-hmm. And he was awesome. He had 17 of his 18 points in the second half. Uh, he hasn't shot the ball. He shot the ball really well in this game. He hasn't shot the ball great overall in the run-up games. But um, this is going to be an opportunity for Halliburton 
to shine and he's getting that and he recognizes that. Yeah, you know, I also thought it was interesting that you mentioned how much the German size was a major factor in them building that lead. And they team USA didn't respond to that by trying to go bigger. They actually went smaller. You know, they like Bancaro was basically playing with four perimeter players for a stretch there when they were making their comeback. Um, you know, he, Jaron Jackson with, you know, with four perimeter players when it wasn't Ben Caro. And like the rebounding is going to be an issue because even when you have Jaron Jackson out there, his biggest flaw is that he's a poor rebounder for a big guy. Um, so, you know, the Germans put them to the test on that. I think if they run into the French team, they could have some issues there. Um, I guess we got to cool our jets on Canada since – you know, the, the greatest winning big man of all time, Carl Anthony Towns in the Dominican Republic, uh, got one on, on Canada. So we, we've got to kind of, you know, maybe maybe Canada's not a shoe in for uh, the, the medal round and all that kind of good stuff. But I, I do think that the fact that the Americans are comfortable playing small despite the glaring issue of rebounding was pretty interesting. Yeah, I mean, I've, I continue to be surprised they haven't played Walker Kessler more. He played well against Greece on Saturday. He's obviously giant inside. And I know Steve, you know, I asked him about it in Vegas. I know he wants to play quicker. He likes the fact that they can have guys like Paolo, Ben Carroll, Bobby Portis, bring the ball up and, you know, sort of get out and run. But like you said, McMahon, there's a lot of teams in this tournament with some size, like Germany, like France. Some of these teams are going to have to beat Australia is a pretty big team. So it will be interesting to see if they try to do that a little more. And, you know, again, we saw Austin Reeves play really well today. And like you talked about, them playing fast, him and Tyrese coming off the bench is going to be a huge part of what these guys are doing. Because right from the first practice, when those two guys have come in the game, on the practice court or in a any of these scrimmage games, it's been get the ball and go and run and run and run and use our athleticism and speed to take advantage of these teams that can't keep up. And you saw today, mm-hmm. Tyrese had 18, Reeves had 16, they're, they've had perfect synergy on the court from the beginning and being able to just turn this over to that second unit with those two guys has been a huge weapon for Kerr and they both play the way Kerr likes to play. They both move the ball quick, quick decision guys like to share the ball. You could see why he has talked them up a lot since camp started and, and why they've fit pretty seamlessly into what he wants to do. The NBA was running these two games here. It was all NBA staff here running these two games. It was wonderful because we had NBA statistics Ooh. and like having the NBA box score and the NBA technology. It was, it was like <laughs> for the listeners, Brian just held up a, a paper uh, NBA box score. Very happy about this. Yeah, we have, I have access to the stats. Like I was able to, in the middle of the game, while I was preparing, you know, to file my story, get the play-by-play by touching the screen. It was like, oh my god, this is uh, listen, we're well, back Wendy, to twenty twenty-three technology. Wendy, when you know, back in the day, we used to have to actually do that by hand. You know, you could have done it, could have kept track. Like, oh yeah, this is when things happen. But no, we can't be bothered. With that. <laughs> can't be bothered. Listen, with that. Wendy's used to being pampered. I've got a feeling as as glowing sure as, his, as his review of his his trip has been that he did not pay for his round of golf the other day. Oh. oh, I absolutely did. <laughs> I absolutely I'd, did. I'd, I'd, I'd like but I will see, say this. I'd like to see that receipt. I absolutely <laughs> paid for it. and um, But it was, you know, it was a half price of what it normally is because nobody's playing golf here <laughs> right now. Although uh, Austin Reeves, you know, Austin Reeves is a scratch player. 
And he he squeezed in nine holes on that course that I played uh, on Saturday. And he shot, he, then he said it got too hot. But um, he shot one over on the front nine. Let's just say. What'd uh, you shoot? Uh, a lot more than that. Uh, let's say I was one over. I was more than one over after the first hole. But anyway, so it has full plus minus, which is uh, terrific. And um, Austin Reeves in this game, uh, again, he's he comes off the bench, but Steve Kerr finished the game with him, played him most of the second half. Austin Reeves in an eight-point win, um, plus 15, and making terrific plays all over the place, uh, offensively and defensively. And we know that he is something he has developed in the NBA is his ability to get to the line. Um, that he has that bag of tricks where he's able to put his body in a situation and get a defender, you know, out of position, and then he's able to exploit it. And he's an accomplished he's doing flopper, an accomplished flopper. <laughs> he's doing that. And um, this game, one of the reasons why this game was um, such a uh, enjoyable game to watch, not just the teams going back at each other, but the officiating in this game was shockingly competent <laughs> for uh, for a FIBA play. I hope that these three gentlemen... We're going to have a discussion about FIBA refs later <laughs> okay. on in the program. It wasn't flop. quite as competent. Uh, yeah, um, and flop. this was one of the better FIBA officiated games and the Germans just talking all kinds of trash. And at one point, the referee just teed up the German bench. Uh, I, I think I don't remember the exact play. I think the Germans had a beef. I think it was a goaltend that they that they missed. I think Jaron Jackson got one of his six blocks and it, it was close mm-hmm. to a goaltend. Uh, maybe it was. I didn't see a replay. Uh, they freaked out and uh, they were freaking out for like two minutes. And finally, the ref was like, no. Shut up. And I was like, thank you, because I'm tired of seeing them talk. Well, you know, the Germans uh, you know. the Germans are known for going after refs. And like Luca never once in, in EuroLeague, Eurobasket, never complained to a referee. Then he gets around Dirk. Dirk's such a bad influence. Next thing you know, Luca's whining and crying about every call that there is. You gotta blame Dirk for all that. <laughs> well, I will say this. It's comical to me that uh I was looking at the um the pre uh, pre World Cup literature that's put out by FIBA, and there was a section on the referees, and the photo on that section was Luca talking to a referee. <laughs> I was like, well, <laughs> they probably just had a lot of uh, they had a lot, a lot in the uh, a they had a lot of those photos to choose. No from. shortage, <laughs> no shortage of that. But uh, well, and one thing, one thing, real quick to watch on that too is we've talked a bunch about the lack of size for the Americans. Jaron Jackson fouls a lot in NBA games and you get one less foul and there's not as good refs. Two two less fouls. So windy math. You are, you are allowed about the, the, you are allowed allowed one fewer foul. We're not, you are, you are allowed. The point is, by the way, this is just empirically correct. I don't understand. That's going to be, I mean, you brought it up again. Like, I don't understand what your point is. Like it's simple mathematics. You are allowed my Four fouls. my point, my point is my point is very simply that Jaron Jackson Jr. gets in foul trouble a lot, and it's going to be something to monitor in this mm-hmm. tournament because there will probably be a game in the medal rounds, at least one, where he is in foul trouble, and how will Team USA respond to that will be a critical thing. Yeah. So Bobby Portis, um, he he had five rebounds in eight minutes in this game, but I'm not sure that they're going to want to play him huge minutes. You mentioned Paolo Bancaro. Paolo Bancaro has there the, Steve Kerr clearly likes Paolo. I didn't think Paolo was, I thought he was a mild surprise to be a lock to make this team. 
um, where they just extend him an, an offer right away. There were some guys who were on the select team that probably were looking like, wow, you guys took Paolo. Uh, There's also my, a need to recruit there. Right. There was, a, there was some strategy there. Yes. There was some, I mean, let's just call it like it is. There was some, some Duke, some Duke machinations that took place here because Paolo was all set to play for the Italians. The Italians are on the same side of the bracket as the U.S. He would have played, we talked about this briefly, he would have played for the Italians in 2021 at the Olympics. I don't think he would have played that much, but he would have been on the team and and forever uh, Mm -hmm. an Italian national team player had he not had COVID or there was some sort of COVID issue. I don't know if he had it or there was Mm an exposure, but Steve Kerr likes him. Oh, you know, then Grant Hill, who's executive yeah. director, got involved and, you know, recruited him over a period of time. It didn't just happen in one day, but, um, I believe there was some Duke, you know, the, the, the national team historically is very steeped in, in Nike. Nike guys tend, if there's a, um, there's a 50 50 situation between a Nike guy and an Adidas or a Puma <laughs> or, or in the day Reebok guys, the Nike guys tended to get mm-hmm. the, uh, the nod. Uh, there's Nike all over Team USA, and um, the Duke guys have tended to get the nod. Uh, I'll just, you know, for example, in 2019, Bam Adebayo was cut and Mason Plumley was kept. Uh, I know there's there was more that went in that decision. I'm just going to say to you that that Bam Adebayo was cut and Mason Plumley was kept. I'll just leave it at that's, that. That's uh, that's questionable. There was some some Spurs bias and some Duke bias that was taking on during the Popovich years. Um, with all due respect to Keon Johnson. <clears throat> anyway. Um, it's not Keon Johnson. That's someone else. So it would be Keldon Kelvin Johnson. So Kel- no respect to Keldon Johnson, Johnson, who you just I'm slandered. <laughs> I did slander. I didn't. Yeah. I just, you know, Keldon Johnson was on the Olympic team. He's not here. I'll just. Well, he also might be the Spurs six band next year. Okay. Anyway. Um, Paolo got some some big minutes. Uh, he was plus seven in uh, twelve and a half minutes. He got a couple of steals. I don't. Sometimes these block shots and steals, or I can't tell which is which. But he doesn't. He wasn't credited for a block, but he was credited with a couple of steals. He he played very strongly, and it just it it seems to me that they're just going to lean into playing that way. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's not just the size, not just the height. But you mentioned, I think, Bontemps the just the bulk on the roster. So when you look at this team. Mikhail Bridges, not bulky. Brandon Ingram, I mean, this is their starters. Mikhail Bridges and Brandon Ingram are their two starting forwards. These are not guys who are going to win many, you know, um, uh, you know, pure strength contests. Um, Cam Johnson off the bench. Cam has played very well, except for yesterday. He played his worst game by far. Um, he got his minutes slashed. Only played four minutes. He was not effective, but not a bulky guy. Halliburton, not mm-hmm. a bulky guy. Um, you know, uh, Reeves, not a bulky guy, uh, you know, strong, but not bulky. Um, so, you know, certainly Brunson and Josh Hart and Josh Hart hasn't been playing that much. and hasn't been playing well. I don't know what his role will be are, you know, stronger guys, especially Josh Hart, who can guard guys bigger than him. But, um, it's, it is their, their weakness. Is you know, their, who is a physical beast? Ball. Anthony Edwards, Anthony Edwards. Yes. I mean, he looks like Part an outside I- linebacker. It's part of why he had to start. They had to have a guy in that starting group that could really guard big physical players on the other team. And he's you look at their group of guys who were playing, especially. I mean, he he might be their bulkiest guy outside of Jaron in their top yeah. eight or nine guys. I mean, I guess probably him and Paolo, but like he he's he's just a very physical player. And yeah, I mean, they're from the beginning, they've leaned into shooting and speed and flying up and down and scoring a ton. And it I mean so far, it's worked, but it is a real weakness, and 
I think they did a really good job putting this team together. And I like the fit of these guys, but I've been surprised Josh Hart hasn't played more. And I've been, like I said, I've been surprised Walker hasn't played more, but Steve's got a style he wants to play. And Paolo clearly is the the way he's preferred to play. Yeah. Um, I know, I know this is not <clears throat> exactly next level analysis, but um, Anthony Edwards has really long arms and he knows he knows he knows how to, to position himself to use them, and um, and he was just saying after the game about how much fun he's having. He's like, mm-hmm. I haven't had fun like this in a long time, and he was you know popping his USA on his chest after the game, and um, the crowd really got on his side, and you know the crowd loves um, uh, the crowd loves who who do you want to guess who the, who's the the favorite player in the, in, on the team. And the crowd. Do you want to take a guess? I'm not going to guess because it might be taken the wrong way. Oh, it's Austin Reeves. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, Austin Reeves, when he... Mr. Laker. Yes, the Laker. When he stands up and runs to the scorer's table, they start cheering. They're um, going to sell some of those weird was, shoes. Well, <laughs> it was like that in Vegas, too. Anytime, was, anytime he did any... He touched the ball. They were, Of course, Vegas is right next to L.A., but the Laker fans are legion, mm-hmm. as yeah. we know. Um, and he is... He just is like smiling like he we asked him about it he's like he he does i mean he's this is this you know him even being famous outside like arkansas and oklahoma i think is still <laughs> sinking into him what about wichita um, sure he started um, out wichita state yeah the, I know, the shockers I know. yeah what's their um, hand symbol so you know Anybody? i'm aware of it i'm aware of it uh if you want to show it you can um <laughs> So anyway, uh, the U.S. has a week of practice here, uh, flying over to Manila today. It's another long trip. And then they played New Zealand on Saturday. I think the game is on ESPN2 at like 8, I think it's at 740 Eastern, I think. I wanted to revisit uh, one little comment that you made. Yeah. Anthony, Anthony Edwards says he hasn't had fun like this in a long time. I think his quote was, I ain't had fun like this in a minute. <laughs> I think he was. I think his point was that it was a competitive game. That's, okay. how, that's how I took yeah, it. I don't think it doesn't mean a, a, a. I don't think he was. It was all smiles and happiness. I don't think it was. Um, I'm just a slap at. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I just wanted to clarify. I wasn't there. Wasn't there. Yeah, he ain't. He ain't the. He ain't the. He ain't the type Who's to do he? that. Really, I thought. I took it as him saying, "Yeah, it was fun. We actually were down, and we had okay. to." Di- I mean, he. What was the last part of it? It that was that was adversity, bro. Or something. He was like, "What did he say, Brian?" <laughs> I think his actual quote was like, uh, "That was adversity." Period. Fight! Exclamation point. <laughs> End of quote. <laughs> who, who, who's the yeah, man that's, that's up with on this team? You know, that's obviously a really good question because the. Um, the the bonds that form on this team mm-hmm. are often the guys who try to play with each other in the future. Now, I will say this: I have seen well, Jackson Jackson's uh, Jackson texted us that he's posted on IG stories about uh, Tyrese Halliburton, his fellow 2020 draft class member, fellow Max contract member, and we, yeah. you know, you could start you could start drawing the Venn diagrams for several years from now when they're free agents. I Listen, have Brunson and Josh Hart got to be doing some work out there. They have, like they better be. Well, so going to say the, CAA that, um, <laughs> the clicks that I have seen so far uh, here at this hotel, uh, this is going to be shocking. Prepare yourself for this click. <laughs> the Nova guys, Jalen Brunson, Josh Hart, and Mikhail Bridges. Uh huh. They're hanging around each other. They may 
like each other. They may have a desire to form together. I don't don't tell anybody. I hope this doesn't get aggregated. But. No history, no history of them playing together at all. Um, None. But I will say that I because uh, teams I've covered in the past there's been clicks, and maybe I'll notice some more in Manila. Uh, but I would say that this team, and it's not just me saying this. This is what I've mm-hmm. witnessed and watched, and what people are saying, including Ant. Uh, the camaraderie with this group is terrific. And, uh, um, uh, you know, Brandon Ingram, I would say, has not played the best. He didn't, and he did not play well yesterday. Uh, he was a guy that I thought would have a big role on this team because he is playing the Carmelo Anthony mm-hmm. slash Kevin Durant spot which is the four man who is uh who's a scorer who can uh get a mismatch like you know yesterday uh daniel tice started out on brandon ingram mm-hmm. um there were switches and stuff where he had advantages and he he hasn't yet um flexed his muscle um uh, josh hart hasn't played as well as i expected him to but um i would say that there's good camaraderie amongst the team and um walker kessler doing a lot of recruiting spit- uh, Walker is so polite, um, and so happy to be here and so like out of his element. Hey, he's the sheriff. Of course he's polite. Um, he's following he's the law. never, he just, he just got his passport. He's never been overseas. Um, and, uh, he, he was talking the other day about how amazing some of the food has been and how much food he's. Um, been able to try, and I'm not. I'm sure he wasn't just referring to this meal, but I just happened to eat at the next table as him the night before, and it was a very standard, average Italian restaurant. <laughs> so <laughs> I hope it was other food. <laughs> he was referring to pepperoni and jalapenos <laughs> on this pizza. <laughs> yeah. So um, the toppings available for pizzas are a little different uh, here than other places. Uh, different dietary restrictions. I will say that. All right, uh, you have tri- uh, trivia, Bontemps? Oh, I do. Okay. I do. More Hoop Collective podcast after this. And now to present today's trivia question, the whiz of the quiz, Tim Bontemps. Since professional basketball players were allowed to play in the Olympics, what countries have won the gold medal besides the Americans? Argentina. There's the list. That's trivia? Uh, it was a very easy trivia question. Well, hold on. It was a very easy trivia question, but I asked for a reason. That's because tonight... He didn't have trivia. But, hey, he, no, 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 hold team. on. He did not have trivia, Wendy. He did not have yeah, trivia. I set it he, up. He I, knew he had another subject yeah, to talk I set to. It no, up no, no, on he purpose. did not have trivia. Go on. That was not trivia. Yeah, I actually, well, yeah. I texted I him about purpose. five minutes ago joke. and asked him if he did. It was a joke. He said he did. Okay. It was a joke. All right. It was a joke. I set it up. Thought I'd get a little chuckle. And a little <laughs> right, go on. Get away. Go on. Go on. Go on. We're we're in mid August. <laughs> we're running out of trivia questions, especially about Team USA. There ain't a lot of quick trivia questions about Team USA. But Argentina, one of the perennial powers in international basketball, fourth ranked team in the world, hosting the Bahamian mm-hmm. national team Sunday night in the pre Olympic qualifying tournament. Bahamas has never played, never qualified for an international tournament. They've got. DeAndre Ayton playing for the first time. Eric Gordon, who grew up in the Bahamas. His mom is from the Bahamas. Been there a bunch. Playing for them for the first time. In Argentina. Down in the fourth quarter. Come back. Win the game. Behind 27 points from Eric Gordon. Two big step back threes in the final minute and a half. Coached by Boris assistant Chris DeMarco. 
point guard of the team is Lou Rawls Narn, who you're probably going to, who is that? Well, he's an assistant coach at Bowling Green University, their men's basketball team, played at Michigan State, playing through a shoulder injury, playing in the game. They go into Argentina and beat the Argentinians with several former NBA players on their team and get a chance to qualify for the Olympics next summer would be a first, obviously, in the history of the program. Biggest win in the history of the country mm-hmm. by leaps and bounds. And it was a very cool thing to watch because like say, oh, well, they've got DeAndre Ayton, Eric Gordon, and Buddy Heald. Like, they're going to win. But as we've been talking about, FIBA ball is not like American or like the NBA. And it's certainly not like that when you're playing on the road in a qualifier in Argentina, where let's just say the Bahamians were not exactly getting <laughs> a lot of calls in the second half of this game. On one play, Eric Gordon literally got knocked to the ground and made a basket and just sort of was like, what? Where's the call? We got nothing. So it was a, we talked about it a little bit earlier in the week, but it was a pretty raucous atmosphere. And I wrote a story about it, talked mm-hmm. to Chris DeMarco after. He was pretty he was pretty fired up, pretty fired up at the game and the way they uh, were able to pull this out in the fourth quarter. And did, win. did Eric Gordon have to jump through some hoops to be able to play for them? I, I, he had to have been part of the the – USA program at some point. He was on the 2010 FIBA mm-hmm. World Cup team, then the World Championship team that we talked about earlier, Kevin Durant, won a gold medal. But his mom was born in the Bahamas. He'd been there a bunch. And so he, they'd spent a long time trying to get him yeah. cleared. You can do a one-time switch and play. And they got him cleared just a couple of weeks ago. But these guys had to take three flights right. to get to the game and, or get to the tournament. And they've been there for the last 10 days or so. And the Argentinians were flopping all over the <laughs> place and trying to draw fouls. And <laughs> DeMarco was on on camera going after him. I mean, it was just, it was a raucous it was a raucous atmosphere in there. But but it was pretty neat. And like for those guys to all show up and play, this is not this is to have a chance to maybe mm-hmm. you know they have to now win a whole other qualifying tournament next summer. It's not like this was oh you win a couple games you make the Olympics. There's a pretty heavy commitment for these guys. It's not just a commitment, but it's, you know, when you're with the Bahamas, you're not flying private like these guys are accustomed to. You know, this ain't Team USA where the budget is umpteen million dollars. Like, you know, a lot of these countries, they are on shoestring type of budget. Like, you know, Puerto Rico, for example, when Borea was playing for Puerto Rico, there was a lot of times where he was the one who was paying for the hotel for the team. Because it's like no, we, we like we can't stay at this dump. We got to stay in a decent hotel. I'll foot the bill. Borreo, it was costing Borea a ton of money to to play for Puerto Rico, and I'm sure the Bahamas has a similar type of budget. So, well, buddy, yeah, buddy Hield, buddy Hield has been there mm-hmm. for the past several years as part of this thing, and they got DeAndre and um, Gordon this year, Eric Gordon to play this year, and Kai Jones from the Hornets potentially will be able to play next year but yeah it's the same thing like i said they had to take mm-hmm. three flights they were they training camp in puerto rico and i i don't remember where they flew first but they threw from either there to houston to i think buenos aires and then somewhere else in argentina to play like it this wasn't like you said it's not like oh yeah the americans will escort brian to the plane tomorrow and they'll fly <laughs> very very posh first class all business mm-hmm. class seats to <laughs> Manila, hang out for a few weeks in the philippines like they're not going to be this hanging is a, out this was a pretty <laughs> Well, I'm just saying, it's not the same 
it's a it's a different yeah. kind of thing, especially for yes, guys that are of course. definitely not it's, used to it, it's, that kind of stuff. It would be one thing if the qualifier was in the Bahamas or the qualifier was in right. the Caribbean. The fact that the qualifier was in South America, which I don't know if you guys have ever been to South America, it's a long way away. I know that's it's sort of like saying Anthony Edwards has long arms, but like <laughs> to get to Buenos Aires from Houston is like 13, 14 hours. And, and uh, I don't think it was in Buenos Aires. I think it was right. in another place in right. Argentina. So a couple of things I want to go over here. <clears throat> One, when it comes to switching uh, nationalities in FIBA, mm-hmm. this is something that to say that there's red tape here is an understatement. Right. The only time FIBA, the way it's been explained to me, is the only time FIBA is going to do this is if it's to benefit the the the, the game in that country. So like yeah. – if the if the U.S. really wanted Carl Towns, who had already played for the Dominican before this year, they're not getting an exemption for right. that. Uh, and here's the thing: I actually asked DeAndre Ayton and Bill Duffy. You know, coming into this tournament, or, you know, coming into like the last couple of years, I was noticing just how the the dearth of American big men. Mm-hmm. And I I asked DeAndre and his agent. I was like, Hey, is DeAndre interested in getting nationalized? Because, um. The U.S., I mean, Walker Kessler is a guy they're developing, but, you know, part of the reason Paolo Bancaro is backup center is there's not a lot of American centers. Mm-hmm. And so this is the first time that, that DeAndre has played. So now he's, uh, you know, he, he, by the way, he's not, I don't think he is an American citizen, but Joel, he's now, Joel you know, he's, Joel Embiid is, and he's a free agent. Um, he can play for uh, France um, or uh, the U.S. Uh, but anyway, um, so that's one thing. So in this and case. And by the way, just real quick, they they did play in this, this town called Santiago de Estero, which is a two-hour flight north of Buenos Aires yeah. in the northern part of the country. Right. So it's not like the Argentinians made this easy <laughs> right. on anybody. No, exactly. They, exa- they, didn't, they didn't want any of those Bahamanian mm. players to show up. So that's number one. Secondly, the qualification for the Olympics. This is sort of basic, but I'd have to remind myself of it. 32 teams are in the World Cup. 12 teams make the Olympics, Mm -hmm. okay? Making the Olympics, just making the Olympics is very hard, especially because most of the bids are given out through regional regional qualifications. So France gets in automatically because they're the host country. Uh, Some years that's, I'm not, I I doubt Japan would have qualified um, for Tokyo. So some years a team is really taking a spot. Some years, in this case, I think France Mm -hmm. figures out a way to get in either way. But okay, so seven other teams will qualify out of the World Cup. Two teams from the Americas, two teams from Europe, and one team each from Asia, Australia, and um, Africa. So in some cases, it's it kind of feels unfair. The only team that Australia has to finish ahead of in the tournament is New Zealand. So I feel <laughs> I like Australia <laughs> after... Yeah, uh, there, there were years in the past where to determine the Olympic bid between the Oceania region, there would be a three-game series between New Zealand and Australia, and whoever won got to the bid. Mm-hmm. That's not much drama there. Asia, sometimes there's some decent teams in Asia, sometimes there's not. I don't think right now it's too representative. Iran was the Asian representative at the last Olympics. We'll see. Africa It comes and goes. Nigeria, which was stocked with NBA players, made the Olympics last time. Nigeria didn't even qualify for the World Cup this time. So anyway, those eight teams will emerge from the World Cup with the prizes. If you Obviously, you want to win the World Cup, but if you don't win, you want to get one of those spots. Uh, The U.S. and Canada are very strong candidates 
to get the two spots from the Americas. But the Dominican Republic is a sneaky contender there because of Carl Towns. And again, they just beat the Canadians. I didn't watch the game to see if the Canadians played their team full go throughout that. I know that they all played. I know Mm -hmm. Shea was in there playing. So that's that's one thing about qualification. And so for the teams that don't qualify this summer, for those last four spots, the teams that are in the World Cup that don't make it get into these qualifying tournaments. But what if you didn't make the World Cup and you still want to try to play in the Olympics? Like, for example, Turkey, which has a number of NBA players, past or present, Turkey didn't qualify for the World Cup this year. They recently were playing in the same sort of event to earn their way in to these tournaments next year. And um, I think there's might be 32 teams that make it from that, and then they play for four spots or something like that. There's 24. 24. It's four 16 tournaments. Okay. And that's how Um, Slovenia made it to the Olympics last time. That's right. They beat Lithuania yes. in Lithuania, Luca mm-hmm. with a supreme and, you know, almost won the, the bronze medal. So mm-hmm. that's what is going on. So what the Bahamas and Argentina were playing in is different from what the U.S. was playing. The U.S. is preparing for the World Cup. The Bahamas are trying to qualify. And Argentina, who, as you mentioned, has won medals before. I believe they've won multiple medals. And they are the reigning. They won, they won the silver medal. Reigning silver medalist in the last World That's Cup. That's right. They were in 2019. Uh, Luis Scola, gray hair and all, was 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 beating people up and down the court. Um, they are the current silver medalists of the World Cup, and they are now not even going to get a chance to play for the right to get those last four spots because the Bahamanians uh, did it. And you know, I know this is a little bit of alphabet soup, and it's kind of hard to follow, but playing in Paris is going to be a really big deal. Yeah. Um, and because DeAndre Ayton and Eric Gordon and Buddy Heald want to do it, they're doing this. They're, they're, you know, I'm sure their accommodations weren't terrific. And just so you know how these teams travel, you know, Germany is a wealthy country. Mm-hmm. The German, uh, uh, Olympic team and Olympic program has plenty of money. Uh, the Deutschland, um, the Germans last night left immediately <laughs> after the game to drive an hour and a half to Dubai to take a commercial flight at like two in the morning to go to Manila. So that's, you know, even the quote unquote wealthy countries, the, the U S does just fine, but even the quote unquote wealthy countries, this is, um, you know, I'm not sure that, uh, there's a lot of excitement amongst, uh, NBA millionaires, Mm -hmm. um, to go board a nine hour commercial flight, regardless of the, uh, whether it's on Emirates. Well, so, yeah. um, Carl Anthony Towns is obviously doing that. And listen, if he can get the Dominican Republic to the Olympics, that might be even more impressive than the greatest play in victory in NBA history. <laughs> you know what? I knew, I knew, I knew no. you had, you were doing this with your hands. I knew you had some kind of point. I was just waiting to see what it was. That was, was it? Awesome. De- I knew it was going to be DeAndre Jordan. But I thought it might be cat. And look, I just thought it was neat. It was neat to see these guys playing for this Bahamian team, mm-hmm. like to go to Argentina to win this tournament, to give themselves a chance. Buddy Heald is obviously very proudly from the Bahamas. He's been part of this program for a long time. You know, DeAndre Ayton obviously is drafted number one overall. Very proud. Mark Spears, you know, Hall of Famer Mark Spears has written a bunch about his Bahamian roots. On our site, I mean, he was he, and, not just Bahamian you know, roots. It, he was born and raised right in Nassau, and like he when he was a teenager, right. he moved to right. with, uh, Arizona. But right, yeah. but yeah, so it's just like it, it's it's just cool to see them 
give up a bunch of their summer to go, like you said, just give try to give themselves a chance to have a chance. And like they're going to have a really hard time next summer. They're going to be in. They're probably going to be one of the lower ranked teams or one of these qualifying groups that could be in there with teams like Serbia and Croatia and Turkey and whoever else. Like all there's all these, you know, big time teams that either won't qualify from the World Cup or didn't get there at all. And so like it's not like they're in the Olympics now, but just even to get to this point is a massive accomplishment for a team that has never played in any outside of America's tournament ever. And it was just a, it was a pretty cool thing to see. Well, like one of the cool stories going into this World Cup, and if you're this far deep into the podcast, you, I assume that you will be okay with me talking about the South Sudan. South Sudan is the newest country on earth. They are, I believe they became a country in 2011. They qualified for the World Cup out of Africa. Um, they are ranked as the second, 62nd team in the world by FIBA. Their coach. Coach like Luol Deng. Uh, right? He is their GM. Their coach is Royal Ivy. Okay. Oh, so we have yeah. a couple of. Oh, that's right. New Rockets that's assistant. right. Yes. That's right. Um, Wenyan Gabriel has joined the team. Okay. Um, obviously, has been on the Lakers and uh, the Blazers and I think the Magic. Yeah. Um, he's a free agent. I don't think he's got a contract, yeah. but he's playing. Um, uh, I, I think you pronounce it. Is it Carlick Jones? Is that how you pronounce his first name? Who plays Carly for the Bulls? Carly. Yeah, he, Carly. He's, Carly. He's had a couple cup of yeah. cups of coffee in the uh, in the NBA. He's, yeah, he's he was on a he was on a two way last year at the Bulls. He's a pretty was athletic, he a pretty MVP? athletic point guard. He was. Yeah. I think he was. He was. Um, he's a good player. So uh, and uh, Lou Aldeg has sort of nationalized a couple of players um, who have played in other overseas leagues. Um. They've got a a puncher's chance at qualifying for the Olympics as the African representative. Um, it's which would be amazing. Yes, um, and it's like sort of. I mean, like I I highly you know it's not going to be something that is talked about a lot, but like that's one of the storylines that's going in. And do you know what it, you know? Again, there's 12 teams in the world that make it. Uh, the South Sudan has a shot, and it's you know Luol, It's a passion project for Luol Deng. And uh, they were 11 and one in the African qualifiers to qualify for the World Cup, and then they added Wenyan Gabriel, who was a big time athlete, you know. And they have a a um, a pool play situation that's not insurmountable for them to advance out of pool play, which might get it done uh, in terms of qualifying for Africa. So um, these are the things that are going on in this world basketball. Uh, it's August, so. This is what's going on, and there's some cool uh, storylines so that don't involve directly the NBA. Internet, I I can't get enough of I can't get enough of international basketball across the board. Obviously, there's all this chaos, like the refs are all over the place, and it, you know it's very unpredictable. But it is cool, like like we've said a few times. These a lot of these guys who are used to sort of having a very posh setup spend weeks and weeks and weeks playing. Like you mentioned about the Germans, like. Those guys are going to spend four, five, six weeks getting ready, like trying to go win a medal. And like, that's the case for the Canadians and the French guys. Like there's dozens of, you know, I think there's 50, 60 NBA players playing in this tournament. Might be yeah. more than and, that. And, and like, listen, yeah, it's not, know, as, it's a not, lot of guys it's not, the, it's not a it. great list of NBA players because it's back to back years with the Olympics. Right. And that decision that was made like eight or nine years ago to do this, 
in my view is not working and but FIBA does what FIBA does so um yeah, doesn't some mean of, that it won't be uh you know interesting no it's it's idiotic and the way they do the world cup qualifying is also idiotic when you NBA players can't like you've got JV teams playing in the middle of the NBA season and not just in the middle of well, the, what they want the, middle is, of the Euro League season you know, too. Right. Well, well, some Euro League teams do stop, but what they want is like, you know, when, when Messi was playing for PSG in Paris, the F- French league and the, in the premier league in England would stop. <laughs> they still do. And they, it's a world cup qualifier. Everybody stops for 10 days and Messi flies to uh, Argentina and <laughs> Neymar flies to Brazil and the, the year, the uh, players disperse all across Europe and they play these qualifiers mm. and the American players go play for the American team. Uh, Christian Pulisic uh, comes from, you know, now I think he's playing in Italy. He was playing in England. He flies to wherever the U S is playing. That's what FIBA wants. FIBA envisions this, that the World Cup becomes so big that the NBA is like, Oh, good luck. It's a qualifying, it's a qualifying window. We're stopping the league. That's lunacy. Well, and, well, and it, well, and the other thing is like, we, we talked about the Bahamas a bunch. The reason they were able to get to this point was they've also had to play in all these qualifiers with their America. I mean, whether, even if their guys in the NBA wanted to play in these qualifiers, right. they can't. So like, They've had to scrounge up teams with, you know, without any of those guys, just like all these other countries have. Mm-hmm. Like it's, you know, but yeah, it's like you said, FIBA, FIBA does what it does, but it all, it all makes for very interesting stuff. And I, I think this tournament is going to be pretty fun to watch. And I'm excited that we're getting close to oh, it. It's cool. That you've got a bunch all of right, big well, time NBA players that are roughing it. You've got big time NBA reporters that are roughing it. Wendy's staying in the St. Regis and, and Abu Dhabi, you know, Hey, 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 we don't need to say where I'm staying. <laughs> you'll be gone. We by don't the time need to this say comes where I'm out. staying. You'll be, a, you'll be on a plane by the time uh, this comes out. Excuse me, sir. I'd like to be back here. I don't want, uh, <laughs> let me just say that this, Oh, you want more free there's, golf. There's been absolutely, <laughs> Zero, and I want to underline this, zero roughing it in Abu Dhabi. <laughs> there is no roughing it. Well, it is, like uh, you said, Ann Edwards will be back there soon. Spe- Ann Edwards versus uh, and the T-Wolves T- versus Luka Doncic and the Mavs. Yeah, and I, I would not be surprised if there are more events oh, in Abu Dhabi in the future. It, it may be geographically. It may be a geographic challenge to get uh, top basketball here, um, but it will be that will be it will be happening uh and there's no reason to say where i'm staying you know no reason to say that it's not important <laughs> it's not important um what we know is that brian winhorst does not rough it's, it it's important to be with the u.s delegation when you're overseas oh that's an yes, important absolutely. safety concern oh sure thank you sure all right thank you to bond temps thank you to mcmahon not thank you to putting my business out there thank you to jackson our producer just back from his uh, trip to florida and uh we will talk to you next week adios amigos